Welcome to the Abundant Leap Podcast. I'm your host, Chance Welton. I'm a speaker, consultant, and thought leader here at Abundance.io. In this podcast, you'll discover your strengths, find turnkey business models, and get expert guidance for life's biggest financial moments, where we have trained and consulted over 35,000 entrepreneurs on how to start their first online business, and we've helped existing business owners start their second and third stream of income. You can learn more at Abundance.io, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at the Abundant Leap Podcast. Hi, welcome back to the Abundance IO podcast. We are here in Salt Lake at the Hive, and I got my new good friend Ryan Flint on with Rising Capital. How you doing, my friend? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me, Chance. Yeah, of course. So we got a little bit of time to chat for the podcast. Really excited about what you're up to. You know, we got a lot of people tuning in from a lot of different areas in their entrepreneurial journey, and I have gotten the honor to learn so much from my guests, and and I know our listeners will as well. I know that you have this big, successful, you know, commercial real estate business. You have your fund. You're doing big things, but I know it didn't all start there. Can you just kind of give us a where it started, where your kind of your entrepreneurial journey began, and some of the you know wins and and failures along the way? Yeah, you bet. So I'll I'll take it back quite a bit. Um, I went on a LDS mission to to Mexico. When I got back from Mexico, well, before I played uh, college baseball. When I got back, I um, had such a passion for sports. I was a three-sport athlete in high school and played baseball in college and then played a little bit thereafter. And uh, when I got from my mission, I was so addicted to health and fitness. And uh, I started working, you know, helping uh, CEOs, presidents of companies, executives, athletes, um, college athletes, high school athletes, pro athletes with their health and fitness. And uh, I ended up starting a gym. I opened up a gym and it was just a small, super private for those exclusive type people. And, uh, I was working, I thought it was going to be really cool. I'd make a ton of money because I was training those, you know, high echelon people. And what it come to, what it came down to is I was hardly making anything. And I was working from my first session every day was at five in the morning and I'd get home about 10 o'clock at night, every single day for years. It was a couple years. And thank goodness uh, we ran a good enough business and we had a good enough name that we um, were able to exit that business a couple of years later. Um, luckily, during that exit, I had some money, you know, from that exit that I was able to decide what do I want to do when I grow up, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I was consulting. I went out to Boston and, and was with the Red Sox for a little bit. And I remember having conversations out there of, you know, what do you want to do? You have such a good way to communicate with communicating with people. You have such a good knack, a good head. I was always really smart in school. And my father-in-law was a big real estate developer, is a big real estate developer. And I remember sitting down with him, consulting, saying, hey, uh, I really love real estate. All the wealthy people that I know, all the rich dudes that I know, all own real estate. But one thing I don't want to do is sell homes. I am not a emotional person. I mean, when you talk to residential realtors, nothing against them. I love them, but they are super emotional. You know, they've got to update their clients every day. And when I work with them, it's like, I'll pay you. I always think to myself, I'll pay you more if you just stay away from the deal because commercial and residential are black and white. It is completely different. 
And so again, no knock on them. I, I respect the heck out of them. I couldn't do it. Um, and my father-in-law was a commercial real estate developer. He had done a bunch of Mavericks, Kmart's, you know, uh, Home Depot's, so big stuff, Walmart's, and then a bunch of strip centers and, and apartments. And long and the short, I sat down with him and I, and I said, hey, I really have a passion to do this. I'm going to go get my real estate license. Can I come work for you? And he said, absolutely not. And I was just like in shock. Why? And he said, because I, I, one, I, I don't want you to work for me because I want you to learn how to grind. I want you to learn the hard way. And in the future, you know, if, if our paths cross, obviously I'm here to coach you and guide you and be a resource and be a mentor, but you're not working for me. And, uh, after I was sold the gym, my dad was a huge entrepreneur. Huge. He ended up selling his company to FedEx, uh, probably five or six years ago now. Wow. Um, but I called him and I just said, Hey dad, why I take my real estate license? Can I, you know, can you keep me busy on special projects or whatever? Um, just because I was, I was always a worker. I was a workaholic. I loved work, but, um, I needed something with him that was just like almost not really a stepping stone, but just something keep me busy. And, uh, during that time, he had a big warehouse in Salt Lake City out by the airport. And he had about eight acres on the back of his, of his, uh, property that he didn't need. And he said, Hey, let's sell it. So, um, I had my license at this time and I, uh, I said, well, this is industrial grand. Uh, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but what I do know is I know a lot of people. So I ended up finding an industrial broker that was, uh, in Salt Lake city. It came highly recommended. Uh, we sat down and talked and we made a plan that, Hey, we'll just do this together. I told him I'll do all the work you just get it out in the proper channels. And then you mentor me through this process. And about two weeks into that process, we had it under contract, um, because I just called everybody. He told me who to call and I just did it. And when we got it under contract, he came to my dad and said, Hey, can I take this guy? Um, He's fiery. And what's cool is this, this guy is such a stud, but he was a baseball player and he was in the Mariners organization. And so, uh, we just got along really well because of baseball. And, uh, so I ended up going to be his junior broker. And so the hard part about being in commercial real estate is getting your foot in the door. And so I owe him a lot of credit of helping me get my foot in the door. Now I was with him for, for nine months and nine months only, because what I saw was I, I, I saw every reason in the world of the person and broker I didn't want to be not necessarily with him, but in the firm, it was the number two commercial real estate conglomerate in the world and their rules their their and I'm not against rules, but just their vibe, their culture. It went against every little core bit of my values. Everything was transactional. Like I told you a little bit before the podcast, everything was transactional. It had nothing to do with how you loved people, how you did customer you know, support. It was get in, get the deal done, get out. And if they call you back, great. If they don't, great. And I just, that didn't sit right with me. So, um, I ended up going, uh, I, I got my name out. I be, had, had started to get a good reputation because I was a hard worker. I was very loving. I started to get along with all the brokers, not even in my shop, but in other shops. And that's very uncommon in my business because it's almost like you in the ocean, all great whites, you're all, you know, feeding on the same fish and you go for the big fish. And if the big fish is being eaten by another shark, there's another shark comes to try to take out the other shark. 
that's just how it is. And I was more of like, Hey, um, I'll let you eat that. I'll go get a different one. And then there was times where I would catch the fish and I would call another broken and be like, Hey, can you come help me eat it? Cause I, I still want to learn. And that was very uncommon. It was like, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I ended up getting recruited by Brandon Fugel at Collier's and, uh, the rest was really history at that point. Um, we started doing big projects, uh, Hill Air Force Base, Center Cal Properties, which is a huge, huge, huge investor here and developer in the state and all over, um, and many, many more. And uh, ended up uh, cl climbing the ranks really young and was his president for a number of years up until about a year and a half, two years ago when, uh, you know, my renewal just standard practice had nothing to do with Brandon came up and they wanted me for another long, long term. And, um, I was, I was ready to spread my wings. There was a lot of, uh, things that I wanted to do and building my own wealth was one of them. And in the commercial real estate world and brokerage, uh, I was getting very rich, but I was not building wealth and there's a big difference. And I just, you know, have a family and I, I thought to myself, look, I can always do brokerage deals. I can always have good years. I can always pull in an X amount of number. Um, but when that shuts down, my commissions, you know, they go on vacation with me, they go to the grave with me. And I, I didn't want that. I wanted to leave a legacy and build wealth. So I ended up branching off. Um, and, uh, it was a smooth, clean transition, awesome friendships and, uh, kind of started my own thing. And I went to a smaller boutique firm, just hung my license there and, and did my own thing. And, uh, you know, until now, and, and I, I'm still brokering. I broker the deals that I want to broker. I've had a lot of teams and juniors underneath me that, um, I pass a lot of deals off to. And I, I, uh, I focus a lot on building them up and seeing, watching them have a lot of success. I always wanted to be the mentor that I didn't have. And that's really where my why is in this space. Um, I also learned a lot from my dad. You know, I borrowed dad my, money from my dad, $15,000 or $10,000. I can't remember when I started my gym. Um, and he was very uber successful. And, uh, his lesson in life was, I'm going to treat you just like I treat anybody else. So when I sold my gym, I paid him back with interest and, uh, he didn't ask for interest, but when I paid him back with interest, and showed up on his doorstep with that check. I think it was like 17 grand. I borrowed 10, paid him back 17 a couple of years later. Um, he, he just dropped to the floor and I, and I thought to myself, and he, he just looked at, at me and said, I, I'm really proud of you because, you know, as much as he didn't think he taught me that he taught me that. And, uh, that kind of stuck with me the rest of my career was I want to be that person that I was that day. I want to be that dad or that mentor that you know, my dad was to me, um, without being in the business. And so every single day at my superpower is customer service. And I definitely have times in my life where I don't do the best, but, um, I pride myself on loving people. And, um, you know, what I've gotten better over the years is, is honestly saying no, because there's just a lot of people that want my, want me to represent them. <laughs> and, uh, that's why I've been able to mentor a lot of kids so that, or, or, guys, gals, so that, uh, when those opportunities come and I don't have the bandwidth, I can pass them along knowing that they're going to be treated just as if I was treated, you know, treated them. So now fast forward, um, you know, here I am, I'm still a commercial real estate broker. I do stuff all over the country. Um, I've had some, 
spectacular years. And, uh, you know, we started, Jason and I started Rice and Capital and Rice and Ventures and the real estate group. And um, we're developing, we're ha we have funds where we do self-storage, we do luxury storage, we do multifamily, mid-sized mid multifamily, and we do industrial flex space. And uh, being a broker, that was always my superpower, those three sectors. Yes, I've done retails and restaurants and stuff like that, but my superpower was always in what I was good at. And so I just um, duplicated that and, and said, hey, I'm going to do it in a different way now. So I work with brokers. I'll continue to broker, but you know, now I'm the one uh, putting it all together. So that's a little, I guess, long story short uh, of how my career's been. I mean, I, I just learned a lot from that because you stay true to your values in the beginning. You always saw like the long term of relationship equity. If I keep staying true to myself, because when you get out of the business world, the entrepreneur world, you start moving so fast at some point you're like, wait, who am I anymore? Right. Right. Because we just get programmed or indoctrinated by other people's values and principles. And like you said, you didn't like that. Get in, get the money, get out. Who cares if they call you back? Like that was never right with you. No. And now as you staying true to that, now years later, when you have your own, you, you have your own shop, you're seeing a lot of those relationships come back around. You're seeing those monetized, not just in a financial way, but in a, in a relationship way, in a friendship way, in a, you know, a fun way. I'm sure you have a lot of fun with your clients as well, since you've built these long-term friendships, people that you actually want to spend time around, not just make money with. Yeah. I mean, I share a lot, but I have three core values, make a lot of money, help a lot of people have a lot of fun and, and yeah, you know, people that follow me hear that a lot. And when you peel the, peel the onion back, I want to help people in the way that changes the world. And I can't do that without financial resources. hundred percent. And when I'm helping people and I'm having a lot of success, I'm having so much fun mm -hmm. because I can't take any money to the grave with me, you know, and my kids, I'm not just going to give it to my kids. I'm going to allow them better opportunities than I had when I was a kid, but I want to help, help a lot of people in a big way and have a lot of fun doing it. So I live by that every single day. Am I, is this going to allow me to A, be happy, help, help somebody and have a lot of fun doing it. And if one of those three are missing, I usually say, say no. Those are great, simple, but powerful values to have. Yeah. You know, I would say like, I want to have fun, go make some fun money and then like spend all that time with those same people. Right. Yeah. Because it's, like there's business deals everywhere. Yeah. There's so much opportunity and you have just as much or more opportunity with the people that you actually care about. Oh yeah. And you cultivate those relationships and it's like, you know, I have friends that I met very early on in my entrepreneurial career that just now, you know, seven, eight years later, we're doing deals together, but we're already lifelong friends. Yeah. And it's a lot more fun. Oh, it's so much being excited to get that phone call instead of like, oh shoot, that client's calling me. <laughs> well, and then it's like a fun competitive nature. Yeah. Right. Because I want people when I, when, especially brokers, when I call them, they don't go, oh, this guy, you know, he doesn't do deals. I want them to pick up going, hey, this is, this is probably a real thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I educate my clients and set expectations with them that you know, hey, if we're going to put our foot forward, we're going to put our foot forward. And if you're not ready, just know I'm never going to pressure you. I'm just going to educate you, help you, teach you, get you in a position that when you do push your, put your foot forward on a deal, it's going to happen, you know, unless it's out of your control. And uh, that, that gains a lot of respect with people. And so that, that's another thing with commercial real estate or any business 
is it's not people come into it going, oh, you did that deal times that commission. Oh, you made that money. And what they realize is it's not a get rich quick. It took me good two or three years to make decent money in this business. And when I say decent money, I'm talking like I was making 30 grand a year for the first couple of years until I figured it out. But I had to start, I, I basically had to pioneer the way of thinking in the customer service realm because it wasn't like that. If I, I'm sure if I was pretty cutthroat, mean, very transactional, I could have made a couple hundred grand those years, but I made 30 grand because I had to stick to my values and, and, and those core beliefs that I had that no one believed in me. They were like, you guys, you're, dude, you are crazy. You are crazy. And I'd put them right on the wall. All the principles, you know, we, we, we love people. We have fun. We work hard. We outwork people. You know, we, uh, we customer serve, we, we serve others, that type of stuff. And it was just the constant reminder that every single day when I could have had the get rich quick or the quick buck, or I could have probably done a shady deal, which those, those are out there, right? There's people that are doing those. Yep. And I just said, no. And I knew that one day from the integrity that I kept with myself, it wasn't for everybody else. It wasn't for social media. It wasn't, that wasn't even a thing back then. It was for me, for Ryan. And I wanted to sleep at night like a baby. And I wanted, when I looked in the mirror, I could say, Hey, you're, you're good, you know? And so, um, yeah, I might be a little bit uh, above board than, than 99% of the people in my space, but, um, it's done me well. And that applies to any business for anybody listening in. If, if you're still working a job, you're trying to work your way up, if you're trying to start a business, like just understand those core values from the beginning, because then you'll find other people that have the same ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then there's trust that's built around that. And, and another thing that you said is you became, you really niched down inside of commercial. You weren't trying to do everything. Right. And that's a big mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make. like, oh, there's chasing the buck and trying to get in all these other different industries or different verticals. And then you don't become an expert and you can't actually really, you know, get all the juice out of that squeeze. Yeah. So when you, when you stayed in that lane, it's like now years later when you have your own shop, it's like, you just know that business so well. Well, um, my buddy, Sean Whalen always talks about this. We, I was actually just at his office before this, just jamming out with him and it's a Bruce Lee quote, but be the master of one kit a million times that one kit rather than the million kicks one time. And that stuck with me years ago. Um, and, and I'm glad that he keeps bringing it up when he coaches people. We talk about it a lot, a lot, you know, why, why just industrial or storage units or multifamily, you know, rather than take what you get, you know, and cause you know, deals in commercial real estate, I, I get a lot of people like, Hey, I want you to do this and this restaurant and this, and I defer them out. I monetize on my relationships, right? Cause I'm giving somebody 80% of a deal rather than a hundred percent of nothing. Right. I'm, I'll take a 20% and let somebody go and just work it to the bone and do really well. But I set that expectation that, Hey, you're going to serve them. You're going to be honest with them. You're going to uphold integrity. If I get a call from that client that's nagging on you there, we have a problem, right? There's no three strikes in this business. It's one strike, buddy. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's, that's, that's a huge thing is, is staying true no matter what. And you've got to work hard. It's not just going to come, you know, out of the universe, out of the sky. I think there's a lot of that right now where 
It's just like, you know, I'm so in tune with myself that the, the universe is telling me to do that. Like, that's great, but you got to work for it too. You got to get your heels in the dirt. You got to grind and you got to go out and get after it. And if you fail, fail fast, get up and keep going. And if you fail, fail fast, don't dwell, get up, go again. And that's been the story of my life for the last 15 years. And don't get me wrong. I fail a lot. I mess up a lot. And I, but you know, again, you, you, you have those two choices. You can learn from it or you can cry about it. And I choose to learn from it and be accountable for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm a one mistake learner. That's, that's a, a value inside of our company is that because then you're actually choosing to become better, right? Because people do want to stay in the victim state of like, oh, well, this keeps happening to me. I keep failing, right? Well, why are you failing? Let's understand that. And when students or employees or partners come to me and say, hey, I'm having a problem with this. What do I do? My response is, well, what should you do? When they bring a question, I say, also bring an answer so that we can start working closer towards how can we avoid these mistakes yeah. in the future? Like take control, take ownership of that because then you'll start to see more clearly and you can start to avoid these things. And, you know, great business owners, great leaders, you almost can almost sense that they can see into the future. But it's literally because they're analyzing all their mistakes that they've made and they can start to see clues coming together of like, no, we, we're not going to operate in this form because I've seen similar situations like this in the past. And, and the crazy thing is you say that and it's actually real. As weird as that sounds, um, I train with William Lamb. I swear by him. And um, he reprograms people's minds in the most powerful way. I don't know if you've heard of him, but I'll tell you what, he has changed me so much but i had to put in the work he's a facilitator mm -hmm. but you when you say yeah you can almost see in the future well yeah you can because in my mind i'm imagining what that looks like and so that when it comes to fruition it's almost like uh um you know an epiphany or um oh i i've seen this before like i'm having deja vu yeah and you're not you're just imagining your future in a way that you want to see it, whether it's good or bad. It's your responsibility to put it out there that's good. So it's really matters about what you're telling yourself. And that's when, you know, a lot of people are working on themselves. I work on myself all the time on being better, sharper, cleaner, uh, better communicator, better teacher, mentor, lover, all that kind of stuff. And it's what do I picture for like right now? What do I picture Rice and Capital be? What do I picture Rice and Ventures being? And I'm imagining what that is. And now I'm taking what I have in my head and going and, and working it to make sure that that comes true. And it's, it's really powerful what you tell yourself. Your mind is super, super powerful. And there's just a lot of people that say, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. Um, I could never be on that level. Well, yeah, you probably won't be on that level if you yeah, have yourself that. Literally what you're thinking, whatever it is, you're right. Yeah. Like that's the simplest way to put it. Yeah. I'm not good enough. You're right. You're right. I'm not smart enough. You're right. Exactly. I am powerful. You're right. I am wealthy. You're right. It's like, that is how powerful our subconscious programming is. It's nuts, dude. And once you start to, you know, pull back the layers of that onion, it just gets so exciting about you're in control of everything, but we choose to be like not in control or out of control to keep blaming that for the reason why we can't get to that next thing. That's right. So when you start doing that, and that's what I love about entrepreneurship is like when you're building your business, 
you have to do whatever it takes to get there. So then you start applying that to your mental health. Okay, how can I do whatever I can to have more energy, have more clarity, be a better person? Okay, I'm going all in on that. What do I got to do for physical? What do I got? What do I got to do with my wife, with my kids? You just start to go all in. It just becomes who you are. And I'm visualizing the amazing marriage that I want still 10 years from now. I'm, a, I'm visualizing the amazing relationship I'm going to have with my son 10 years from now. Because I do the same thing with my business. That's right. I mean, it's, it's the most powerful thing you can do is train your mind to be positive. And, and I'll, tell, I'll tell people if, if you know, an associate comes to me or a partner comes to me and said, hey, um, X, Y, and Z happens, I'm, I'm, I'm a failure. Okay, why are you a failure? Why, why are you the problem? And you keep asking, why are you the problem? Why is that a problem? Why is that a problem? They keep answering. And all of a sudden, it, it goes all the way back full circle and it's, it's you're the problem and it's not really that you're the problem it's that you keep telling yourself that you're the problem and so if you just change that narrative that says i'm the solution i'm the answer and then why am i the answer okay why is that the answer why does that work what's going on and it goes full circle and it's like holy cow right and that takes 10 minutes to just it's just reprogramming your way of thinking but there's just too many call it young entrepreneurs too many um you know that that that's where people don't excel as entrepreneurs or they want to be entrepreneurs and they end up working for somebody the rest of their life because they can't get past that person that they see in the mirror been there done that yeah a lot a lot same you know when when i when i left colliers going back um, you know, in a, in a vulnerability, and I've shared this a little bit on different podcasts, is I went through a big depression phase, right? I was at the very top. I was the president. I chose to not be that anymore. They wanted me for another 10 plus years, which, you know, I probably could have just finished out, retired there when I was older and, and probably continued to scale. And, but I chose the entrepreneurship way, the hard way. And I thought to myself, Am I, I'm going to lose all my clients. I'm going to lose all this, uh, uh, call it fame. I'm going to lose what people think of me. I mean, people are going to, people are going to think like I took a step backwards or I'm a failure. And what I realized it was just me telling myself that. And I let myself slip into a deep, deep, deep depression that took me for a year. And what I realized was the clients that I talked to, they said, I don't care what jersey you wear. I don't care what color your sign is. We want Ryan, mm -hmm. right? We love you. So whatever platform that is, as long as it serves us, we're in. But we want you, but we want you to want you. Absolutely. And when I came out of that, I realized, oh my gosh, it was everything that I was telling my stupid self about how bad this was. I was so scared of the reaction of others that I let it affect my day to day. I let it affect my marriage. I let it affect my, the way I was parenting. I let it affect the way that I was investing. I was letting, letting it affect the way that I was brokering and as I, how I was as a friend and a son and a brother. And it, it, it just dawned on me one day, I just snapped right out of it. I was like, knock it off, knock it off. And I had to look in the mirror and it was just a temperature check that said, look, you are enough. You are a stud. Look what you've done at your age. Now snap out of it because all these people need you and you need you. And that's where the entrepreneur starts and ends. It's you. Like it's you versus you this whole time. And you're going to be harder on yourself than any of your 
friends ever would be. Like, a lot of those things you tell yourself, that's okay to be hard on yourself. But also when you're done being hard on yourself, say, okay, what did we learn? Can we move forward? Right? Because the only person that really, really, really cares is the person that looks, looks at you. The other people, they might talk negative. They might throw you a brother email, a burner text. But I'll tell you what, they're talking about somebody else the next day. Yep. So don't internalize it. Say, can I learn from this? Is it, is it gossip? Is it whatever it is? Take it for a grain of salt. Take it for face value. And, you know, if it's something that you really need to learn or you messed up, take accountability, step up, you know, and say, I'm sorry, and move on. That's the whole thing of fail fast, fail hard, get back up, get going. But be a good dude or a good lady in the process. You know, be accountable. And that's where a lot of entrepreneurs have a hard time. You got to stay accountable. It's always everybody else's fault. Oh yeah, right. And uh, just take accountability. Like, God, oh, I, I, I made a, I, I made a, uh, I got lazy on a deal, um, just li- little while ago, and I, I got chewed out for it from a really good friend, love him dearly. And I'll tell you what, I, I was like, oh, this is my fault. This is my bad. It's on me. You know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll fix it. And even if he doesn't want me to fix it, I'm gonna fix it because that's the type of person that I am. You know, whether he likes it or not, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to step up. And uh, that's just what, what what you need to do rather than, oh, well, he hates me. Well, I hate him. I'm going to talk crap on him. I'm going to make up all these stories about him and what he said to me because I feel stupid. It's like, no, no, buddy, that's my fault. I'm so sorry. Take full accountability. There's no excuse. I'll fix it. Just go fix it. Powerful. And that's the thing, too, is, you know, First of all, it's none of your business what other people think about you. I heard that a long time from a mentor. He's like, most of the time, like you said, they're going to be talking about somebody else the next day. And that's all they do. That's their whole day is talking about other people, not worried about themselves, not working on themselves. It's like, who cares? Right. And then when you also cut those people out of your life, that's when you make room for the people that are going to show up and add value and, and cheer you on. And if they ain't cheering you on, like truly even behind your back, it's like they ain't even in your corner anyways. Yeah. Like if you ain't losing friends, you ain't growing is what I heard a long time ago. And when you're making that room for more abundant people, they just keep showing up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and you just have to have enough confidence in yourself to put up those boundaries. What I, what I, I teach a lot is, you know, people will say, Ryan, you're so humble. Well, why are they saying that just recently? I've always thought that I was humble. Well, what, what, what does humble mean? Humble equals confident. Humble equals confident. You're right. If you think I'm humble, it's because I'm super confident. I'm confident in the human that I am and what I can bring to the table, what I can bring to our relationship. And look, if I'm not, if, if it's not reciprocated, it's not that I don't love you any less. It just means that there's a boundary between us. And that's why people are, you know, the very successful people in this world say, I've got two or three people in like my core, core, core inner circle. Yep, absolutely. And you know what? That's okay. I have a lot of friends and a lot of people that I love so, so much, but it doesn't mean they're all in my inner circle, right? You have to really prove yourself and I have to prove myself to them to have that, to have that responsibility of being in an inner circle. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. I mean, I've definitely tried, especially, I got my partnerships, even friendships that have burnt me and it's like, you know, I've always been an over-trusting person, very nice person. And I've seen people take advantage of that. 
And so I've learned to get a lot smarter in that. And I know that, okay, I have my circle here where I have my, my businesses and my guys that we, we talk money and we talk our big numbers or whatever it is. I can't have the same conversation with my friends in these other groups because then it, it may jade them because they don't understand the, the business relationship. So I've had to learn to get really smart about how, what relations I have with those people and then keep those conversations with those people, if that makes sense. Totally. Because then when I'm talking to my business guys about how I'm rock climbing, we're jumping out of airplanes, we're do, they're like, bro, don't get hurt. We need you. You know, <laughs> like you can't have those extreme sport conversations necessarily with them. Right. So in that same form, it's, yeah, it's understanding the relationship and really leaning into whatever that connection or relationship is with that person. And it's, and it's fine for it just to stay in that container. And usually that's when it stays the most healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with all of this, I would just say, what is it that allows you to have so many connections with so many people? Love. It sounds so cliche, but it's not. It's just love. Do you love yourself enough to love somebody else? Do you love somebody else so, so much so that everything that you breathe, all of those core values that you exude, um, emulate that relationship. And that's where I feel I'm different. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, there's two forms in the universe, in this world, it's love and fear. Mm. That's it. And people say, well, there's a lot more to that. Not really. Cause at the base of it, right? If somebody is self-sabotaging or rude or, you know, talks trash, right? It's like, that's coming from a fearful place. Mm. If it's all love coming from connection, building people up encouragement, that's just what it is. And when you can choose to operate in that frequency, it's scary to be vulnerable. It's scary to be honest. It's scary to be, um, you know, out there in an open book. But when you are, that's when you're going to find other people that are on that same frequency. And you really start attracting that. I read the book Law of Attraction a long time ago. It's like, wow, this stuff's real. Like there's science to this just based on how you choose to show up and operate every single day. For sure. For sure. No, it's, it's, it's the way to go. I mean, my, my, my takeaway in this conversation for any young entrepreneur listening is, you know, what, what would I do differently at 21, 22, 25? Number one is I would get a coach or a couple. I, I have several coaches. Um, even though I mentor, I coach other people. I have several coaches. I have one for my health and fitness. I have one for my, my brain. I have one for my business. And I wouldn't change it for the world because it's allowed me to see me in a different lens rather than just Ryan looking at Ryan. Yep. And number two is I would not try to run before I walk. And I did a little bit of that thinking when I sold my fitness business, oh yeah, like here we go, baby. And I wanted to come out of the gate sprinting. I wanted that get rich quick, hit, hit that milestone, retire early. Like that was my mind. And I realized real quick, I got slapped in the face with, with failure time and time again. And I realized, well, wealth is created over time. It's the slow game. And so be patient. And if you're going to be a good leader, make sure that you're a good follower first and make sure that you follow the right people. Because if you follow the wrong person, even if you're a good leader, it's going to lead you in a bad way. But if you want to be the best leader, Find the best person, find the best leader to follow, be the best follower. And then when your role comes up or it's your job to be that leader, emulate what that good leader did for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So powerful, man. Well, thank you so much for coming in and, and dropping in today. This is a great conversation. And we have so many aligning values and I love what you're doing in the world. And thank you. Just, you know, I think consistency and being true to yourself is a big takeaway from this conversation because that's what you've done from day one, even with that check with your father. Yeah. He was like, wow, I'm so proud of you because some young kid that just sold this company never would have done that. No. It was something that I expected either. Yeah. And and I just, I always feel like even when I see him or I think about that or share that story, it just brings a lot of joy to my heart. Beautiful. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks for being yeah. here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, where can we follow you, support you? Yeah, you can find me. You can Google me or you can uh, you can go to Instagram, Real Ryan Flint. Real Ryan Flint's R-Y-A-N-F-L-I-N-T. Right on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. Thanks, brother. Take care. Okay.